0: This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. So we wanna go to Psalm 37 this morning. Psalm 37. There's just one scripture here that I want to highlight. By the way, those uh, lump shades that are hanging up there, uh, those are not a permanent feature. Those were left from Ladies' Day yesterday. Uh, Johnny needs a stepladder to get those down. That's why they're still up. And uh, they're very 70s, aren't they? I think we used to have something like that, Sally, did not we? I think everybody had something like that years ago, didn't we? And uh, so they will be coming down. There you go. All right, Psalm 37 and verse 23. The steps of a good man or a good woman, that's in the generic, steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Notice the he is capitalized. So we could say that God delights in his way. The man whose steps have been ordered by the Lord. From the very first moment uh, that you become a believer, I think that you somehow uh, begin to sense that you have stepped into the will of God for your life. And usually that would be the very first moment of realization that at that moment that you have begun this journey into the will of God, you instinctively know that you have taken those very first steps in allowing God to order your steps uh, from that point uh, onwards. I think that one of the most uh, strengthening things, one of the most comforting and confidence building things in our lives is knowing just that, that God himself is ordering our steps. You cannot go wrong if almighty God is ordering your steps. Amen. The journey that this involves uh, involves providence and divine appointments and being led by the Spirit. And the result of that means that we're in the right place at the right time for the right reason. It's wonderful, and usually it's only at that moment sometimes that we realize we're in the right place at the right time for the right reason. It may have taken months, may have taken years to get us to that moment when you're in the right place at the right time for the right reason. And then you begin to realize when you look back that it was God who ordered our steps Right. You remember that we said just a, a couple of weeks ago how that evangelistic band of Paul and Silas and Timothy and Dr. Luke and how they were determined to preach the gospel in Asia Minor but the Holy Spirit would not allow them. Then they went to Bithynia but the Holy Spirit forbid them. And then they went to Troas and it was at Troas where they got that vision of the man of Macedonia saying come over and help us and they went to Philippi on how that the church in Europe was birthed right there in Philippi so the church had moved from Asia right into Europe and it's only in hindsight could they possibly see that their steps was being directed by the Lord. They didn't know what was going to happen or why they were there, but then when they got that vision, suddenly they began to realize that it was God who was leading them by his Spirit right into that very place that they should be. Or how that Philip the Evangelist Uh, in Acts chapter 8, preaching in Samaria, that tremendous revival in Samaria, and then suddenly he got that call to go all the way to Gaza, to the desert place, for that one person, that Ethiopian eunuch that he led to Christ who was reading the scroll of Isaiah. Uh, And no question about it that that now this saved Ethiopian would go into North Africa. uh, And probably that's how the gospel began to spread initially into North Africa. Uh, And so the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Or how Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. Uh, in Hebrews 118 to 10, it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. But by faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Not knowing where he was going, but by faith. And when you read the story of Abraham, you'll see how that his steps were ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. And you remember in Genesis 24 uh, how that Abraham sent out Eliezer, his servant, uh, to find a bride for Isaac, his son? And to cut a long story short, in Genesis 24, uh, then the Eliezer said, he prayed, verse 12, then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will give also your Camels a drink, let her be the one that you have appointed for your servant Isaac, and by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. The chances of that happening were extremely slim. To give a man a drink's one thing, to give a herd of camels a drink is quite another thing for a young woman to do, or even to offer to do. But the steps of this good man were ordered by the Lord. And of course we know that Rebecca was the one who came and said exactly those words uh, to Eliezer. And in verse 26, Then the man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth towards my master. As for me being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. As for me being on the way, the Lord led me. And so here is the steps of a good man being ordered by the Lord. The Bible is full of examples of men and women whose steps were ordered by the Lord. They were in the right place at the right time for the right reason. And they said or they did the right thing. That little Hebrew maid in the household of the great captain of Syrians army, Naaman. And how she said to her mistress... Oh, that my master was in Sumeria, because there's a prophet there who would cleanse him of his leprosy. In the right place, at the right time, for the right reason, to say the right thing, to change that great man's life and to be included in holy scripture. Or like Simeon and Anna in the temple, who daily went there, Particularly Anna, who had been going for years, praying. And they were what were they waiting for? To see the consolation of Israel. To see the Messiah come in. And the Messiah came in a little form of a little baby. Where Mary and Joseph were coming to dedicate him unto the Lord. And how at that moment, there they were. They were in the right place at the right time for the right reason. And they said and they did the right thing all to show us that the steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. Joseph was in prison whenever the butler and the baker, of pharaoh, came in, and he was able to interpret their dreams correctly and how that that was a life-changing moment and how he was released from prison and became prime minister of all of Egypt right man in the right place at the right time, saying and doing the right things. The steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord. It was no coincidence that Esther, that beautiful Hebrew lady, it was no coincidence that she had been made uh, one of the queens and the brides of Ahasuerus, the great king It was no coincidence that whenever uh, that awful anti-Semite tried to destroy the whole Jewish people, how that she was in the right place at the right time for the right reason and said and did the right things in order that that whole nation would be saved. Uh, All down through the generations, there always has been someone who has tried to destroy the Jewish nation. Uh, Hitler was the last one but none of them has ever succeeded and never will succeed because they're God's people. There's a special purpose for them. God has a thousand ways of getting us in the right place at the right time for the right purpose, has <laughs> he not? Psalm 25, make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your past. Lead me in truth and teach me. That's a good prayer to pray. Do you pray prayers like that? Do you ask the Lord specifically to lead you and to guide you and to teach you His ways? In verse eight and nine, He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble His way. Psalm twenty-seven, eleven: Teach me Your way, O Lord; lead me in a plain path. Ephesians five, seventeen: Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will, O my God. Speaking about, in Ephesians 6 and 7, about service, not with I service as men pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Actually wanting to do the will of God and doing it from your heart, not because it's a thing to do or you're supposed to do it but because you want to do it you want to walk in the will of God. Colossians 4:12 that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Now the will of God has got a couple of different aspects to it. There is the general will of God for everyone. There's a specific will of God there's the will of God, first of all, in general terms for the unbeliever. What is the will of God in general terms for the unbeliever? Peter makes it clear, 1 Peter 3, 9. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's will is for every man and every woman To know him and to be saved and to be born again of his spirit. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's his heart towards the unbeliever. You don't have to wonder, does God want an unbeliever saved? He wants them saved. It's there. It's in scripture. What is his general will for the believer? That we should be conformed to the image of his dear son. That we should live a life that's pleasing to him. That we should grow in grace and in the knowledge of Christ. That we should read and obey his word. That we should come to the house of God. That we should be generous in our giving. That we should pray. That we should worship. That's what his general will is for every believer. Without exception. But then he has a specific will for each of us that's tailored and suited for his call in our lives, whatever that may be, specifically. And, and in that specific will, he can, he can incorporate our natural talents and abilities. Nobody is ungifted. Nobody is untalented. There is something latent within every one of us that God can, if He so chooses, use to honor and glorify Him. Calvin called that common grace. For example, in regard to ministry, there's the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4, isn't there? The apostles, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, for the edifying, the building up of the church. Uh, and, and people will be called into that office in a specific uh, i 'm a pastor pastor teacher i 'm not an evangelist i, I couldn 't be gone all over the world. It would do my head in I, I never want to be away from this church very long. I, I get irritated that 's all I could tell you. I I want to get home. I want to be here. Why? Because this is what God's called me to do. It's where he wants me to be. Uh, Others would be quite happy to go off six months at a time. Wouldn't bother them if they're an evangelist. The fact of their evangelists, it would drive them not to stay in the one place. It's different calling, isn't it? It's specific. Uh, And and then there's the ninefold spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, which the Holy Spirit Divides severally as He wills. Uh, there's some people who seem to be used, uh, for instance, in healing more than anybody else. I don't know why that is, but the Holy Spirit divides severally as He wills. Uh, and that's wonderful, isn't it? It's tremendous. And uh, verse First Corinthians twelve, verse twenty seven. then it goes on to say now you are the body of Christ and members individually and God has appointed these in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles then gifts of healing, helps, administrations variety of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing do you all speak with tongues, do all interpret but earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I show you a more excellent way And now he talks about love It's to be added to that. And so there's a variety. And and the Spirit divides severally as he will. In Romans twelve Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Our ministry, let us use it with our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And so, in among all that God can use is all in various ways in different ways. And that's the unique beauty of the body of Christ. We're all members in particular. And God has got something for all of us to have and to do and to be and to walk in. So that's God's specific will for each of us, whatever that may be. But then there's also another aspect to God's will, God's settled will. Uh, God set will. God promised to send his son. Nothing could stop that. He came. God sent his son to go to the cross to die for your sins and my sins. Nothing could stop that. He went to the cross and he died for our sins according to the scripture. He rose again from the dead. Nothing could stop his resurrection. It was set, it was prophesied, it was according to the scriptures. He's coming back again. Nothing and no one can stop that. God's will is settled. This is not up for negotiation. It cannot be argued. You can debate all you want, but he's coming back. Why? Because it's according to the Scriptures. That is God's settled will. It's already a done deal. Nothing can prevent it ever from happening. It will happen. But then there's God's permissive will. God is not willing That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But we know that not everyone will repent. And we know that many will perish. And God will permit it. He doesn't want it. It's not his heart. He would rather they didn't, but he will permit it. He will give that choice. He will be long-suffering. He will be merciful. He will be compassionate Mm. to the nth degree. But if somebody insists, they will go to hell and God will permit it. And so he has a specific life, will for our lives. What he has begun in our lives, he will be faithful to complete it. But... We must be willing to yield and surrender to his will. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Steps (laughs) imply as we walk, as we go forward, it's a continual journey. As I being in the way, the Lord led me. Eliezer set out, and as he set out, God met the need. So as we do let God order our steps, then we will find and discover the will of God. With the dawning of the age of reason and the scientific approach to knowledge, there arose in the 18th century a philosophy called deism. Deism. Or deism, if you want to say. D E I S M. And this was the belief that although God created the universe, when he did so, he abandoned it. He let it go its own way and became an absentee God. This became a a great belief in the age of reason. But it's a lie. God never abandoned his creation. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He didn't leave this planet to its own devices, He came. People today are looking for life in other planets. They cannot believe that this little planet is the only one in the midst of a vast universe. That has got life and teeming with life. But it's the only one that God sent his son to. (laughs) And if there are other planets and if there is other life on them, he'd have had to send his son to them because they'd be fallen. But thank God he did send his son to this planet. He didn't abandon it, he's not an absentee God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you even unto the end. That doesn't sound like somebody who's abandoned us. Sure it doesn't. (laughs) Even Jesus, before he left, the disciples were frightened, confused, worried. He's going. What's going to happen to us? He's leaving us. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send another just like me. The Holy Spirit. He'll not be with you, he'll be in you. Huh. Doesn't sound like an absentee God to me, sure doesn't. In his book, The Perfect Will of God, G. Christian Weiss asks this question Can you think of a father who has no will or plan for the life of his son? Can you imagine a mother who has no clear will or definite ambition for her daughter? Can you imagine a man who has no special desire or pattern in the one he chooses to be his wife? Can you conceive of a king or a ruler who has no will or desire or law to govern the conduct of his people? A captain who has no plans for his soldiery? An employer who has no plans or pattern to guide the labor of his workers? If so, then you may also think that God does not have a plan for your life. For every one of these symbols is used in the Bible to represent the relation that the Christian bears to his Lord. (laughs) So in other words, there's lots of examples to show us that God does have a plan for us. Now to be sure, we can say that God does have a blueprint for each of our lives, but we're not likely for him to show us the whole thing at the one time. We could not handle that. All we need to know is he holds the blueprint. He is the divine architect of our lives. He has the blueprint and he will order our steps right to make sure that what he's building and he's building his church and he's building us in his church, that he'll complete it if we yield and keep surrendered to his purpose and his will. Now, Unless God gives you a definite yes or a definite no, He's quite happy to allow us to make, ch- sense, uh, make choices that are sensible and that are not against his word. He's quite happy to let us make those choices. He's given us a brain. He's given us a heart. He's given us sensibilities. He's given us feelings. He's given us wisdom, knowledge. He's given us a lot. And he's quite happy to let us do things and make decisions and make choices as not as it's not a... Against his will and against his word that's clearly revealed, he's quite happy to do that. So we don't have to get up in the morning and say, Lord, guide me, and we're not going to have toaster cornflakes today. I know that's a ridiculous illustration, but you get my meaning. There's certain things that that we use your sensibilities, use your sense and your abilities, and make decisions. So unless he gives you a definite yes or a definite no, lots of things, get on with it and do it. Anyway, the greater part of his will for your life is already revealed in Scripture. It's already between the covers of this book. The greater part of God's will is already revealed through Scripture. That's why we need to keep our nose in the book. That's where we're going to get a lot of our answers from. So how does God order our steps? How does he reveal his will to us? How can he lead us by his spirit? Let's wrap this up in the next few moments, talking about this. Because that's the bit we want to know, isn't it? How does God lead us? How does he guide us? How does he order our steps? Well, first of all, uh, through prayer sorry, through surrender and separation in Romans chapter 12. And you know it when you turn to it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 uh, and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice here that we have to present ourselves, we have to submit ourselves, we have to surrender ourselves unto God. If you are afraid, of surrendering yourself unto God, you will not discover his will, specifically. He's not about to show you that until and unless you're willing to surrender. In other words, you're willing to say, Lord, whatever your will is for me, I surrender. I yield to that before you know what it is. Have you ever prayed that prayer? That's a scary prayer. When you don't know what it is, but you're willing to surrender to his will and you're willing to surrender to his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding and his future for your life. So that's a good thing. It may be scary, but it's a good thing because he's got the best interests for you at heart. He, he he, he's planning his best for you. That's what he's planning. So we should not be afraid to open ourselves and yield ourselves to his plan. But the first step is surrender and submitting ourselves. Before we even know what it is, we say, yes, Lord, to your will, whatever it may be. And then rest in that and then allow him to unfold it as you go through life. And it's exciting, it's good, it's right to do, and it's the best thing to do because he knows better than we do what's best for our lives. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then through prayer, 1 John. Little letter, 1 John. And chapter 5. Verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Hmm. Do you desire his will? If the answer is in the affirmative, then pray, Lord, Lord, I want your will. God will hear that prayer, and he will begin to answer that cry of your heart. And it may take the rest of your life to discover all that God has willed for you, but that's okay. Give us this day our daily bread. We walk, it's a daily walk, isn't it? But it's something that we should do. It's something that we should pray. It's something that we should trust for. It's something that we should ask for. And then through God's word... Psalm 119, verse 130. The entrance of your word brings light. It's amazing. Just by simply reading the word of God, uh, you know, some of you have a pattern to read the word of God. You've got a daily devotional thing. You've got, maybe at the back of your Bible, you have certain chapters each day. Wonderful. Do that. Great. Fantastic. Read through the Bible. We've done that several occasions, read through the Scriptures, great, good. And as you read, and as you begin to meditate and begin to think about the Scriptures, it's amazing how God will direct your path. You'll be reading a Scripture one day, and suddenly it will light up to you. And you know God's speaking here. It's like just some months ago, Phaniah was reading, I think it was in the Psalms, And and that scripture you got uh, from the Psalms about David, about his bones, and she said, Lord, well, she's crippled with arthritis. Lord, that led up to her. Lord, I think you're speaking to me through this scripture. I'm going to believe and trust this. What happened? The Lord healed her. It's amazing what you'll discover the will of God is when you read his word. He can guide you by his word. He can speak to your heart through his word but you've got to read it. You've got to read it. And be serious about reading it. And if you struggle to read, and many people do struggle to read, I don't mean that they're, they're not, Somebody saying, well, I'm not a reader, I never read a book. I don't mean that, but, but technically struggle to read. You can buy CDs today, where well, the whole scriptures are on it. You can listen to it. You can listen to the Word of God, somebody speaking it. And it's amazing how God just will lead you and guide you actually through his word. And then you can be led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 14. Those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Are you a child of God? The Holy Spirit can lead you and will lead you and will guide you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It could be an inner urge it could be an inner prompting. Now, I know that's subjective, but through experience, you find out what that feels like and what that sounds like and what that sense is like in your spirit. Uh, and that will happen. Where the Holy Spirit will lead you, He will prompt you, He will guide you. And then there's what you could call providential circumstances. Uh, Just things that happen. It just fits. The great old preacher F.B. Meyer said, when you want to know God's will, there are three things which must always occur. The inward impulse. There's that prompting, that feeling, that the inward impulse, the word of God. Make sure that the prompting is is not in conflict with the Word of God. And then he says then, the trend of circumstances. Never act until these three things agree. The trend of circumstances. Be in the right place, the right time, for the right reason. How many times has that happened? Usually you only see that once it happens On hindsight. You look back and say, yeah, I don't know how all that took place or what happened all to get me to that point, but it was right and, and you met the right person who said the right thing to you at the right time for you. And all of this has been the steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered by the Lord. And when you look back over your life, you see the hand of God in your life. It's easy to look back and see it. It's hard to look forward, but it's easy to look back on hindsight and see that, and see the trend of circumstances. I remember... Uh, 36, 37, 37 years ago it'll be now. Standing, it was right over there where Kenneth and I is, standing there with a group of men. And this building was stinking. It was musty. It was filthy. It was gaudy lights and disco balls and all the rest of it hanging up here. And standing there, and we're all looking around here, and the pastor said, uh, this would make a great church. And I'm thinking, really? really? At that moment, I didn't see it. The reason why I didn't see it, because I didn't think it was anything to do with me. I was just one of the group of men from the church. We were just sussing this place out. And then later, he said to me, uh, he always called me Dave. I <laughs> don't know why, but he always did. Dave, he says, uh, that would make a great church. And I knew the way he was looking at it, because there was only me standing there at that point. I knew the way he was looking at me, and saying that to me, he was thinking, me? And looking back over that, how I got to that point, looking back, seeing the hand of God and all of that, it was was only when I looked back I could see that it made sense. And that was all those years ago. And it's made sense ever since. But we had to pray about it. It It's okay for him saying that. But I gotta feel that, I gotta see that, I gotta sense that, I gotta know that. Because this was gonna be a massive step for Sally and I and our little daughters, you know, about four at the time. And we were leaving at that time a, a, a church that was thriving and it was all gone, and it was everything was happening, and people felt sorry for us coming down here. I mean this was I, I was never in in my life. I couldn't have showed you where Moira was on the map. You say, you must have lived a very sheltered life. No, it's just, I had no reason to be down this part of the country. I came from East under. What, what would I be doing? i would you know. But looking back and seeing the hand of God, boy, I'm glad. I'm glad the Lord led me here. I'm really, really, really glad. <laughs> really glad. But when I prayed and sensed and felt and thought, no, this is right. Scared to live in daylight, so Sally. But we never <laughs> got that point. <laughs> but but we, then we agreed together. She says, "Okay, you feel this is God? That's all right. I'll be with you." She's been with me ever since. But you, it's only when you look back that you see the hand of God ordering the steps. And God, God has ordered your steps. And this is part of many of your journey along the way. And you can see that. And then there is the counsel and the advice of spiritual people. Maybe friends, maybe confidants. Now you've got to be careful who you ask when it comes to trying to figure out the will of God for your life. And you need some advices, you need some help in that. You've got to be careful who you ask. You need, you need, to, uh, to, you need to people who has got your best interest at heart and who would be prepared if necessary uh, to tell you what you need to know rather than what you want to hear. Because uh, oftentimes, I, I've seen people, for instance, coming to me and, and asking me my advice on a certain thing, and I've given them advice, but it wasn't the advice they wanted. And then I have watched them go on to about 10 other people until they eventually got somebody who agreed with them. <laughs> Needless to say, it didn't work out. Because they just wanted to do what they wanted to do, and they wanted God to put his stamp on it. And he didn't put his stamp on it, but they did it anyway. So you have to be careful about all those things, but uh, there's wisdom and counsel if you get the right people to give you the counsel who's got your interest at heart and who will pray and who will help you and stand by you. And then finally, your... Your natural abilities or your lack of them. If you can't sing, don't join the choir. <laughs> or if you do dummy flute, get well to the back and just dummy flute. <laughs> All right, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> <Isn't> right, Ken? Billy Turrington, not right? Did you ever tell me the time at the, the woman's meeting away many, many years ago in here? Billy was on the sound at the time. And uh, it was recorded for people who couldn't get. So we recorded it and we give the CDs or tapes, it was then we give the tapes out to people. And people's come back saying, There's a strange noise in the background. (laughs) What is that strange noise? It was Billy singing, he was singing along, and it was picking it up. (laughs) So that's why Billy and Ken are not in the choir. They're brilliant at many things, but just don't get them in the choir. Uh, oh, they 're good for that they 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 're all right they don 't doesn 't bother me saying that to them if you can 't preach don 't get behind the pulpit amen yeah. amen well, yeah, well you 're not committing yourself very well there so. <laughs> but sometimes your natural abilities you know don 't try to do what you 're not in any way gifted to do or have got an ability to do. God has got so much more for you to do. He really has got so much more for you to do. And even if you have a gift or an ability or a talent, he can enhance that. He can make that better if you surrender it to him. I love this scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will what? Direct your paths. Simple as that, isn't it? Don't lean on to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he surely will direct your path. Jesus said in Matthew 7, "'Or what man is there of you whom he asks his son bread, will he give him a stone? Have he asked for a fish, will he give him a serpent?' If he asks you then, if you then being evil or natural, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Some of you are afraid to ask for God's will because your heart's scared in case it's something you just don't want to do. <laughs> what if I pray, Lord, I want your will. And suddenly he says, well, that's fine. Be it, like Rachel, and go to Africa and serve in the mercy ships. <laughs> that would scare the living daylights out of you, wouldn't it? But God knows what you're suited to. He knows everything about your life, every detail of your personality, of your strengths, of your weaknesses. Can you not trust him and ask him, for his will that will be perfect and acceptable <laughs> that'll be just right for you, tailor-made for you. Tailor made for you. <clears throat> Absolutely. Amen. All those years ago, in a little upper room in a church in Belfast, on a Monday night, I had a group of young Christians, had an old blackboard, a piece of chalk in my hand, went to write up the first scripture. It's as clear to me right now as it was all those years ago. When I read that first scripture and God spoke to my heart and says, This is what I've called you to do yeah, right. for the rest of your life. And I knew that from that moment on. I'd never have doubted it ever since. It was as clear as that. But it took me a long time to get to the point where I had that piece of chalk on that blackboard. That didn't happen overnight, it took years. It took all of my life. In fact, God led me to that point. And He can do that for you. So don't be afraid of the will of God. It is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. Just tailor-made for each of us, Amen. amen? Let's pray. Lord, every single person in this room, you have a purpose, a plan, a will, a desire. And I pray that you will unfold that to them. And as they trust in you and walk with you, that your will will be revealed day by day. Lord, help us to embrace it joyfully, to accept it willingly, to say, Yes, Lord, to your will, and then have the excitement to see what you will do in the future. Lord, help us to have patience. Help us, Lord, not to be the horse or the mule, the one that wants to run away ahead or the one that will hold back continually, but, Lord, to be in that place where we say, yes, Lord. Whenever it is, whatever it is, however it is, yes, Lord. And then see it come to pass. Amen. And you will be glorified. And we will be blessed. And others will be blessed through it. So we praise you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Pentecostal. Or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk.